You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group, Lavazza, and American National Insurance. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Angostura. If you've ever made a cocktail at home, you've most likely shaken Angostura bitters into your cocktail at the very end of the cocktail making process. In addition to bitters, Angostura has been making world-class rum for more than 130 years. The next fall cocktail you make, Try the beautiful, smooth flavor of Angostura rum. It will transport you to the Caribbean islands of Trinidad and Tobago. The House of Angostura will celebrate its 200-year anniversary of turning drinks into cocktails in 2024. Cheers, everyone. To Dine for the Podcast is brought to you by Lavazza. Four generations of the Lavazza family have been working to perfect the art of blending coffee since 1895 with a devotion to making coffee moments special. Signature blend Lavazza Classico, with its intensely rich flavor and sweet aromatic notes, is a celebration of the Italian way of life in every cup, and is available any way you brew your coffee. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com slash dine. Hi, everyone, and welcome to To Dine for the Podcast, where we meet the world's most creative and innovative minds at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Simon Sinek. I believe that loving work is a right and not a privilege. Mm. I am so excited to bring you this conversation with Simon Sinek. His groundbreaking book, Start With Why, as well as his popular TED Talk, is a game changer for anyone looking to find a path that feels most aligned with who they are. His TED Talk, in fact, is one of the three most watched TED Talks of all time. And there's a reason why. We meet at an LA eatery called Kismet, run by two female chefs, and the food was outstanding. I love this conversation, and I'm really interested to know if it resonates with you as well. Please enjoy my conversation with Simon Sinek. Today I'm on Hollywood Boulevard, on my way into a restaurant called Kismet, which means destiny or fate. The person who chose this as their favorite restaurant is one of the top thought leaders in the world. I can't wait for you to meet Simon Sinek. Hi, Simon. How are you? Good, how are you? 
so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me. This is going to be a blast. In the middle of Los Angeles is a vibrant neighborhood called Los Feliz. This east side enclave is a true hybrid, an eclectic neighborhood bordering the beautiful Griffith Park where hip creatives meet professional types with a culinary culture that is thriving, especially at Kismet. Isn't this a fun, cozy spot? Yeah, it's nice, right? It is. Yeah. What about this place You know, drew you to it and what did you like about it? So I, the first time I came here, um, I, was, I came as a guest with a friend. I'm a bit of a foodie and so when I, I keep track of all my favorite restaurants in the whole world. I put them in, in a my notebook. In, I put them in my contact okay. list. Okay. And I put restaurant and the city so I can do a search. And then I put some notes. You're a guy after my own heart. I can see why Kismet would leave a lasting impression. Chefs Sarah Kramer and Sarah Hymanson opened this hip, bright neighborhood eatery in 2017. They are co-workers turned competitors turned collaborators who met in Brooklyn and took their talent to the West Coast. We met each other in Brooklyn. Yes. And we were working in two businesses that shared one space. And we were just kind of two grumpy employees in a back room. We had a lot of ease surrounding our communication and our like creative collaboration. We have some similar cooking background and ethos. It was like very clear that we kind of like believed in the same The duo have created a Middle Eastern Mediterranean menu rooted in fresh, local Southern California ingredients. We want to make food that is approachable, but also a little bit unexpected. So food that feels like you know it and is comforting, but not comfort food. Oh, what is that special little flavor, spice, twist that I can't quite pinpoint that makes it feel a little bit more unique? From the Persian crispy rice to lamb meatballs to the go big menu, like rabbit for two, their dishes hail from Turkey, Iran, and Israel. Kismet, which means destiny, is the perfect place to dine with Simon Sinek and find out how he went from a job in advertising to the place he was meant to be. Well, I'd love to begin at the beginning. You grew up in England, but went to high school in New Jersey. Am I right? Sort of. I mean, technically, yes, you're right. Uh, there's a few. There's a couple details that in between. I was born in England. Okay. I moved to South Africa, to the Johannesburg, uh, then back to England, then to Hong Kong, and then at the tender age of ten, moved to the U.S. to New Jersey. So I'd already lived on four continents by the age of ten. That's which was incredible. A great way to grow up. Yeah. And, and who was young Simon? And what trait from your childhood do you still have now? I, I mean. Most of them. <laughs> I, I was always a pretty happy-go-lucky kid. Mm-hmm. So I think these days as an adult I call that optimism. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was basically the same thing. Um, insatiably curious, still true. I like being a student. Like, I like learning. Um, though, like every kid, I didn't necessarily enjoy school. Because, I mean, what kid does? How do you define what you do? Because I know what other people have called you author, thought leader, podcaster. There's a long list. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, if you were sitting next to someone um, on a plane and they asked what you do, what do you say? Well, first and foremost, I define myself as an optimist. You know, I, 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 I sort of loathe defining myself by my work. Hmm. You know, as you say, podcaster, you know, author. That's stuff I've done. Right. Um, but if I never write another book again, 
am I still an author? You know, mm -hmm. if I never podcast again, am I still a podcaster? Mm -hmm. um, and I and I and I think I've seen it happen in other people's lives where they're they've so you know sort of conflated their identity with their work that when they retire or lose their job or, or, get, fired. or get fired or you know or make a change yes. they actually have an identity crisis Interesting. you know because their their lives and their identity have so been intertwined in the work that they do mm -hmm. but usually what i say is i teach leaders and organizations how to inspire people hi hi, hi. welcome oh my god that looks so good this looks incredible is this great yes i know i just love the colors yeah, I mean, this is like an Instagrammable moment. It is, really. This first course is meant to be documented. We're starting things off right with malawak, a flaky Israeli flatbread. It's served with the house labna, which is a Middle Eastern spread similar to a thick Greek yogurt. Also in the mix is green zug, a popular Middle Eastern paste chocked full of herbs and spices. But that's not all. The stone fruit salad and beet salad with pickled hibiscus are also on the menu today. Are you going there or there first? Here, I'll give you some stone fruit. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. How good does that, that look? That looks amazing. Right? Yes, that's beautiful. That is mm -hmm. beautiful. I'm excited for that. I'm a, I love bread. All right. It's, it's, very, it's very gauche these days. Well, I, bread, I right? mean, you're the only person in LA, right? Yeah. <laughs> that eats bread. But how good does this look? I love that you said that you're a bit of a foodie. <laughs> Can you be a bit of a foodie? Is it that you don't really want to claim being a foodie and you really are? I think I... I I think there are two, ooh, that's spicy. I didn't expect that. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I think there are a few criteria to be a full-on foodie. Right. One, would you travel for a restaurant? Yes, I would. You know? Would you? Like, I'd go out of my way, but I'm not sure I'd get on a you plane. You wouldn't book a flight. No, I wouldn't book a flight for okay. a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I think that disqualifies me from full foodie. What did that first job in advertising teach you and how did it set you on the path that you're on now? The things that I learned at that part of my career was really from the people I work for okay. more than the industry. I had a good career in advertising and I worked for some remarkable people and there's a lot of life lessons that I still use today that have gone into my education um, about what it means to be a great leader from a couple of the people that I worked for. Can you share some? For sure. I was pretty young in my career, and there was a new business pitch that was happening. And usually new business pitches were done by the senior folks. And all the senior folks had gone off for Christmas holidays. Mm. The only, it was me, I didn't go on vacation for, for, for the holidays, and so I was left back at the office. And me and one other junior person, um, we were told to prepare the war room, which basically means hang the research on the walls in preparation for the senior folks to come back in and do the pitch. We decided to do, go through all the research and develop the pitch ourselves. And when they came back, we presented our pitch. work and they used our strategy in the actual pitch. And we lost the pitch, we didn't win mm. the business. And I got a huge promotion. My boss actually promoted me two levels up. And why did he do that if you lost the pitch? Because he understood something. You cannot incentivize an outcome you can only incentivize a behavior. Mm. And so he was impressed by my initiative. Mm. Good leaders sometimes suffer mission failure mm. and bad leaders sometimes enjoy mission success. Mm -hmm. So you can't judge the quality of a leader mm -hmm. based on the mission outcome. Mm -hmm. 
You judge the quality of a leader by the characteristics of leadership. Mm -hmm. And if they embody and demonstrate the characteristics of leadership, they're more likely to enjoy mission success more often over the course mm -hmm. of time. But don't most businesses incentivize outcome? Yeah, instead of, and so, and correct, so, they get it backwards. So, so this must be very frustrating for you as you, as you take a, land, you know, a look at the landscape of work culture because what you just said, which makes complete sense, yeah. and, and I think anyone watching will say, yes, that makes sense. Correct. Actually doesn't happen in the workplace. Correct, because, because people who lead companies want the outcomes and fail to recognize that it's the people, it's the behaviors, it's the values that are more likely to produce better outcomes over the course of time. You appear to have liked advertising. You appear to have been good at advertising. Mm -hmm. So why did you leave advertising? I had entrepreneurial uh, desires. And, and I, what came next? I, I bounced around to a couple of agencies, as is, as is the thing. I, would, I made no, no secret of it. You know, I would interview, and they say, what's your ambition? I said, to one day start my own business. Mm. I mean, like, I made no secret of it. I always get a kick out of the fact that you love you hire somebody who's basically told you, <laughs> I'm going to quit. I'm going to learn everything yeah, I can from you and much. then quit. Oh, more. Yummy. Oh. oh, wow. The cauliflower. What did you order? <laughs> this is one of, we this, can't share this? This is one of their famous dishes. Yeah, and this is our Persian crispy rice. Ah, oh, the Persian crispy rice. That looks so good. For round two, it's a pan-roasted salmon in a spicy sour orange broth. On the side, we're having fried cauliflower with a caper yogurt and the Persian crispy rice. This rice, also called tadig, comes from the bottom of the pot to get that perfect crispiness. Mixed with currants, pumpkin seeds, and egg yolk, it's one of those signature dishes you have to make sure you keep room for. Damn, this is good. This is spectacular. Wow, that rice. I'm still on the fish. Mm. We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute, but first, Thank you to our sponsors. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by American National offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Angostura. 
If you've ever made a cocktail at home, you've most likely shaken Angostura bitters into your cocktail at the very end of the cocktail making process. In addition to bitters, Angostura has been making world-class rum for more than 130 years. The next fall cocktail you make, try the beautiful, smooth flavor of Angostura rum. It will transport you to the Caribbean islands of Trinidad and Tobago. The House of Angostura will celebrate its 200-year anniversary of turning drinks into cocktails in 2024. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. At what point in your career did someone call you a thought leader? I don't know, I'll be honest. When did you feel like your career really got some traction and momentum? So I quit my own business to follow this thing called the Y, which became an obsession. And where did you get the idea for it? I reached a very dark place where I became like I didn't want to wake up and go to work anymore. Really? But superficially, my life looked good. Mm. I owned my own business, we had great clients, we did great work, and so I was very embarrassed mm. by the fact that I didn't want to go to work anymore, so I never said that. Mm. All of my energy went into pretending that I was happier, more successful, and more in control than I actually was. And what was missing? A very close friend of mine came to me and said, something's, something's wrong, mm. and I came clean. And it was cathartic, and it lifted a huge weight off my shoulders and all of that energy that went into lying, hiding, and faking could now go into finding a solution. And the solution I found was this thing called the why, based on the biology of decision-making. I knew what I did. I knew how I did it. I could tell you how I stood out from the crowd, but I couldn't tell you why I was doing it. Mm. And that's the piece that was missing. That's, the real, that's what I realized was why my passion disappeared. And so I became obsessed with the understanding of my why. Mm. More important, I figured out a way to help other people find their why. Mm -hmm. And so like when you see a great movie or you read a great book, you tell your friends, you've got to see this movie, you've right. got to read this book. So I'd literally stand in someone's living room in New York City and give a talk about the why and help somebody find their why for a hundred bucks on the side. Wow. That's how it started. That became a side, the why became a side hustle. It became a side hustle. And, and I, was, I was so much more passionate about that than I was about the marketing business that I had started. Mm. And people just kept inviting me and just, I just kept saying yes. Simon's side hustle caught on fast. In a 2009 TED Talk, he pitched the concept of why to the masses. The presentation turned into a blockbuster hit, becoming the second most watched TED Talk of all time. 13 years later, it's still in the top five with 50 million views. As it turns out, there's a pattern. As it turns out, all the great and inspiring leaders and organizations in the world, whether it's Apple or Martin Luther King or the Wright brothers, they all think, act, and communicate the exact same way, and it's the complete opposite to everyone else. All I did was codify it. What was the effect of that, of having a TED Talk like that go viral? In the business world, people knew who I was, mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it created a demand for my work. People wanted to know more. And interestingly, they were, they were not um, correlated, so everybody who read my book knew I gave a TED Talk, but very few people who saw my TED Talk knew that I'd written a book. Oh, interesting. They didn't start to align until the paperback came out a okay. few years later. But yeah, it created, a, it created a demand for for the idea set. Simon's TED Talk and his message to demand a purpose at work and ask the why of your organization was all there in his first book, Start With Why. He has since published three more books, including Leaders Eat Last, which landed him on the New York Times and Wall Street Journal's bestsellers list. I had no ambitions of being an author. You know, I'm not, I wasn't one of those people who believed I had a book in him. And after I wrote my first book, I thought, that's it, I'm done. Like, I'm a, I'm a one-book guy. And continued to go off and build my career and figure out 
wasn't 100% sure how I was going to make a business around this Y thing. I was doing a lot of speaking, which was amazing. That became an accidental career. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, and I wanted as many people to have that as possible. And the way I would talk about it back then, but I still believe it now, I believe that loving work is a right and not a privilege. Mm. So what was your why at that moment? When you actually discovered your why, what was it? Well, my why then is my why now. I, I just wasn't oh, doing this, it. Is it the same why? Yeah, of course. Okay. Your why never changes for your whole life. Your why is fully, fully formed by I the time you're in your mid to late teens. Okay. And that's it. You are who you are. You're fully formed based on the experiences you had growing up, based on you know, your parents and your, the, you know, whatever happened at school like, made you who you are. There's no changing that. The rest of your life offers you an opportunity to make decisions to live in balance with that why or not. Call that authenticity, you know? Okay. So what was your why when you discovered it? To inspire people to do the things that inspire them so together each of us can change our world for the better. Hmm. And that is what I've devoted my life to. It is, it is what inspires me. For me, the fun and creativity is finding all the different ways that I can do that. But the greatest compliment someone can ever pay me when I come off a stage or if they read my book or anything that, or you listen to a podcast, anything I do, is that in, that was inspiring or that mm. inspired me. That is, that is, to me, the greatest compliment I can be given. That's great. You're an eternal optimist. I am. I'm an eternal optimist, but let's pretend I'm not. Okay. Let's pretend. That you're cynical. <laughs> I'm very cynical yep. and I'm in a bad place mm-hmm. and I don't know my why. Mm-hmm. What is the first thing you would tell me to do? So there's multiple ways to find your why. I can give you a fun one you can do and anyone can do by themselves. Um, but fundamentally, trying to find someone's why is simply a matter, a matter of pattern recognition. Okay. So I'm going to ask a lot of questions about your experiences at work and even your childhood from when you were at your natural best, okay. when you were thriving. Hmm. And I can find patterns. And when things were struggle, I can usually, uh, struggle, I can usually see that that same pattern is missing. Hmm. Tell me a project or something you did professionally that you absolutely loved being a part of, Hmm. something specific, that if every day was like this one thing, if every part of your job was like this one thing, you'd be the happiest person alive. Okay, I I know the exact day. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a local news reporter in Arkansas. I had just covered, I had gone to Honduras to follow a nonprofit called Heifer International Mm -hmm. and preview their work. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing organization. I had an incredible time on that trip telling that story, but what I remember loving even more was coming back and being able to share the story mm-hmm. with the viewers. So as a reporter, you did that many times. Right. You would go see things that were amazing and share them with people. What was it specifically about this one mm-hmm. that makes it stand out beyond all the others in your career? It was uplifting. Mm-hmm. I had done many stories that were not. Mm-hmm. This was really exceptional and I and I knew that I had the ability through my words to make it real for somebody mm-hmm. and I love that okay now tell me a early specific childhood memory not like we went to my grandparents every weekend okay something that I can relive with you an early specific childhood memory that, that you can share with me like it's a movie uh, when uh, I was a kid my dad loved to uh, collect antiques and he would take me to um, a antique dealerships and we would go to auctions at night and I was very young I remember falling asleep on the chairs and I remember watching the thrill of people getting deals and um, this woman she was in her 80s but she would uh, take these artifacts and she would sell the heck out of them mm-hmm. and she'd be like this is a deal and she's like 20 you know I'm gonna start with $20 do I hear any 20 mm-hmm. do I hear 20 do I hear 30 do I hear 30 yes 40 do I hear 40 this is a deal I remember how uh, I had never seen an auctioneer before I thought mm-hmm. it was so interesting and exciting 
and um, and I love that I was doing it with my dad. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know how these connect, but well, so there is a connection. There is, is a pattern there. there. Yeah, okay. in both cases, there's a sharing. In both cases, there's a sharing of something that people are interested and passionate about. It wasn't some random stuff. Mm. You went with your dad, and he was an antiques collector. So this was something he loved. This was a passion. So you were a part of your dad's passion, and you're getting to basically this person is selling you right. passion. Right. It's basically yes. what's happening. Yes. Right. And you and you talk about the the, the Honduras story. Mm -hmm. It's basing, basically you finding something that is beautiful and passionate and uplifting, mm -hmm. just like the uplifting of collecting. Right. And your job was to do the same thing. You were basically sharing, selling mm -hmm. good goodwill. You're sharing goodness in the world. Mm -hmm. And you said what distinguished that distinguished that experience from others is that others were generic or rote or sad. Right. And so your mm -hmm. idea is about is about sharing and selling the exceptional. Right. That's right? exactly it. And so, you know, your why lives in this space, right. which is you are basically you are become that that auctioneer yes. in some way, shape, or form. Yes. You know, and the rest of us are basically uh, coming along for the ride, mm -hmm. like you, you with your dad. Mm -hmm. Have you ever uh, interacted with someone who you couldn't determine their why, or you didn't feel like they had a why, or what do you do in a that? Everybody, everybody has a why. Everybody has a why. The only there's only been one person that I that I wasn't able to get to. <laughs> only one? No. I think that's pretty good odds. Simon's dedication to the concept of why is the driving force behind his company, The Optimism Company. There are online classes, workshops, and subscription services for both individuals and companies who are looking for coaching on a more positive, optimistic outlook. You have bad days? Uh, it, I can, I'm, I'm here to say on the record, it is not utopia. <laughs> we screw things up on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Companies are like relationships. There's no such thing as a perfect relationship. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm always struck by when you meet really great couples, they always say, oh, it's a lot of work. I'm like, well, I thought great means no work. <laughs> but great turns out means a lot of work. Mm. And, and great organizations are the same way. Mm. And companies, like relationships, are imperfect. But you know, if you th like for me, like having a great relationship is not that there's no fighting, that there's no disagreements. It's that when you fight, that when you disagree, that you argue to get to resolution rather than to argue to, to be right. To make the other person wrong. To make the other yes. person wrong. And yeah. it's the same inside a company, that, you, yeah. that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a difficult conversation to get to resolution, not you're, you're wrong and I'm right. Mm -hmm. Right? When you look at everything that you do, uh, from writing books to dealing with individuals mm -hmm. and, and, and counseling companies, uh, in speaking, what part of all the different hats that you wear and different jobs that you do do you feel like is most Simon Sinek? Like, when do you feel like, wow, this is really what I love? When I can be in service. That is when I'm my happiest. You know, service comes with sacrifice sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. It comes, and, and for me, service is not just about helping, because that, that's like... I helped you, you know. Service is, I think, providing something valuable to somebody else with no expectation of anything in return. Mm. There are gonna be people who are listening to this conversation and they're going to see themselves in you and see that they too love when they're in, of service to someone, but they won't know, maybe they never knew that that was their why too. Well, there's, a, there's an irony here because that's everybody. You know, human beings are we're social animals. We all desire a feeling of belonging. We all desire that our lives and our work have meaning. 
we all want to get to the end of our lives and feel that it was worth it. I could talk to you for two more hours. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a 30-minute show. Simon, this has been a joy. Thank you so much my for joining pleasure. me at Thanks, Kismet. Yeah, Cheers. Salute. How could I not enjoy a meal with Simon Sinek? A born storyteller, a deeply curious man who thinks endlessly about how to see the world differently. His career started from a pain point. He didn't want to go to work. There had to be a better way. And he used that knowledge to take a deep dive into why we do what we do. The restaurant is called Kismet, meant to be. We all have a purpose, Simon says, and your life will have more meaning if you pursue it, Simon says. And being in service to others is ultimately the greatest why you can ever choose. Simon says, indeed. Thanks for listening to To Dine For, the podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at To Dine For with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For, the podcast, American National, Lavazza, and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.